You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us, that's you and me, causes us to triumph in Christ. I'm so glad to have you with us with in this podcast of How to Win, and we're in my leadership edition. And I'm so glad that you're taking this journey with me. Now, remember, leadership is a journey, not a destination, not an event, but it is a journey. And the Bible is our guide. You see, the Word of God is the answer, but it's the answer for leadership too. So I'm in an exciting series that we began. This is just our second episode. So you're right here at the right time. This series title is Confident or Insecure. What kind of leader are you? Confident. Are you a confident leader? Are you an insecure leader? What kind of leader are you? And each one of these episodes, this is our second episode, has a subtopic. So in episode one, we talked from the subtopic, confidence matters. Today, we in this second episode, we're going to talk about insecurity, a roadblock to confidence. Insecurity, a roadblock to confidence. Now, I got two individuals that we're going to, uh, I got one particular individual that I want to highlight, and we'll look at some other folk uh, as we walk this out. But I want to look at Moses. Moses. Let's look briefly at Moses out of Exodus 4, 10 through 13. Let's look at the beginning of his call, his assignment. God appears to him in a burning bush, and he commissions him to return to Egypt and set his people free. I want you to listen to Moses' mindset. Moses says, in response to God's commission, I'm not eloquent. Think about that. I am not eloquent. One translation says, he said, I'm not good with words, and I have never been. Think about that. God Almighty is commissioning him to return to Egypt, deliver the people, which is a, it's an outstanding commission. It is, it's a huge task ahead of him. But know that he talks about his speech. He says, no, I'm not eloquent. You know, I'm not good with words, never have been. And think about it. Words and eloquence has nothing to do with his success to deliver the people. But I want you to, to hear his mindset. He says, Lord, please send so anyone else, send anyone else, just anyone but me. Please send another capable person. 
so we can hear the insecurity in his voice, in his attitude, in his mindset at the beginning of his call. Let's fast forward. In Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 10, it says, There has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. So we see at the beginning of his call, his ministry, his assignment, he had this huge amount of insecurity. And the truth of the matter, if, if we'll be honest, most of us start out in our leadership assignments with a great deal of insecurity. I remember uh, when I was called to pastor the wonderful church that I pastored for over 40 years. Man, I had some serious insecurities. What we find here in the illustration and example of Moses is that we can grow out of it. We can develop confidence. We don't have to remain where we are, but it's so important for us to understand where we are. So we want to take a look for actually for two episodes, a look at insecurity, a roadblock to confidence. We see Moses at the beginning, full of insecurity. Moses at the end, the Bible says no one, no prophet has operated on the level that Moses operated on. We see a man moving from insecurity to confidence. So let's talk for a moment now about what is insecurity. You know, I like definitions, like words, want to get us on the same page. So I give you three short definitions. What is insecurity? Insecurity means to feel unsure or uncertain. Have you ever felt unsure? Have you ever felt uncertain? I have, and I'm quite sure if you're a leader, at some point you feel unsure of yourself, unsure of others, unsure of your capacity to be successful, uncertain. The, se the second definition is just a simple shade of the first. It's self-doubt. Insecurity is self-doubt. Self-doubt of one's identity, call, or abilities. And we see all this in Moses in Exodus chapter 4. We see the uh, self-doubt of his identity. Oh, I'm not a deliverer. You have the wrong person. Yes, you are, God. You, God uh, says, uh, communicates, you're a deliverer. You just don't know it yet. Sometimes we have self-doubt about our identity, self-doubt about our call. We're not sure. We think we are, but we're not sure. And then self-doubt about our abilities, self-doubt about our abilities. The third definition of insecurity is a feeling of inadequacy. I'm glad I got this lesson before I taught it to you. 
That's what I told my church when I was pastoring. The reason I sound so perfect is because I got the sermon before uh, you got it. And I had an opportunity to repent, change some things. Now, a feeling of inadequacy. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt a sense of your own personal inadequacy? Or it may have been the inadequacy of others. That's insecurity. Now, what is the scope of insecurity? A leader may be insecure in a lot of different areas. It may be uncertain, unsure, as it relates to intellect or intelligence, or it may be communication skills, communication skills. I, uh, I've been working on my compu- communication skills for years. I'm better, much better. And I know if you listen, you may say, well, you could be better at this, you could be better at that, but I'm farther along than I was in the beginning. In fact, one of my members came up to me and said to me, Pastor, you can talk better than you talk. I think my subjects and the birds were all over the place, not agreeing. My ebonics was running all through everything I was saying. Uh, and, and this beautiful saint, believer, member of my church, with sincerity in her heart, gave me great feedback. She said, Pastor, you can talk better than you talk. She was talking about my communication uh, skills, um, my ability to communicate my thoughts. You know what I did? Now, you don't grade me now, but I, I went to a business college, a, a, a junior college. I took an English course. I went and took an English course. Yes, I took a class on English to try to help my subject and verbs to agree. And they agree sometimes and sometimes they still don't. But I wanted to grow. I wanted to develop. I had some insecurities in the area of communication. It may be relational skills. Sometimes we feel inadequate in our relational skills. It may be insecurity in leadership skills. And and that's what I'm working uh, to help you at being more confident in your leadership skills. It could be technical stick skills, and I'm still working on those technical skills. It can be insecurity in our appearance. Uh, When I was a kid, a, a young child, I was uh, what we would call, I know it's a medical term that's different, but I was cross-eyed. In other words, my eyes, I could be looking at a person, but my eye, one eye be sliding this way and the other eye be sliding that way. And I was very insecure because sometimes kids would make fun of me about, and they asked me, who are you looking at? And so I got very insecure about looking at people. I would look away from from people when they were talking or I was talking, you know, as I age, they, they kind of straightened up a little bit there, but it may be just something that has to do with your appearance. It, it can even be uh, ethnicity. It can be race. Sometimes we're insecure uh, as in a minority. We may be in a setting and we feel insecure. It may be gender. Uh, unfortunately, um, uh, God 
calls people to ministry and he calls females as well as males. And unfortunately, some females don't feel uh, secure about that call because they're female. And maybe that's you. It may be your denomination. They've not accepted women ministers and you got that insecurity. So it could be gender. It could be health. It could be physical uh, issues, emotional issues. Are you you know, when I was a kid, I also had a speech impediment. I didn't know my uh, speech teacher. Now, he came up to me one time and he said uh, to me, oh, maybe sixth, seventh grade, somewhere along there. And he said, I perceive that you have a speech impediment. Well, I didn't know. My parents always taught me to be grateful to people when they say good things. I didn't know what impediment mean. So I said, well, I thank you. I really appreciate you saying that. So it may be something health-wise, physical-wise, emotional-wise. So the issue of insecurity can be broad. Uh, the scope can be wide. So let's talk about what causes a person to be insecure. The Bible says in Proverbs 26, 2, that the curse calls that shall not come. In other words, there's a call. Why? People are not, babies are not born insecure. You know, babies are not born insecure. Look, kids, they'll try to walk and then they'll fall, but they, they're not just what, insecure in their minds. They try to talk, but they're learning how to talk. So, Insecurity is learned behavior. Now, remember that it is learned behavior. It is behavior or attitudes or mindsets that are established early in our lives, in our formative years, our upbringing. There, there are things that, that create insecurity on the inside of us. Insecurity, when we get deeper into it, is the byproduct of four factors. And I'll give you these four fa factors, and then we'll come back and look at each one of them. Uh, insecurity is the byproduct of authority figures, environment, experiences, and repetitious information. Authority figures, environment, experiences, and repetitious information. So in our formative years, we, we're, we are established in insecurity. Number one, authority figures. These are credible people in our lives. It could be parents. It could be teachers. It could be coaches. It could be ministers. It could be grandparents. It could be other relatives, neighbors. So authority figures, credible authority figures, for example, a critical non-affirming parent or relative, never affirm you, always critical, and that's the way your mother, your father, your grandparent, or some relative was that you were exposed to their leadership. You were exposed to their influence, and they were very critical and non-affirming. 
or an absent or detached parent. When I was uh, born, uh, I was born in Flint, Michigan, but I was raised in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, brought to Birmingham as a baby, a three-month-old baby. And so my birth parents were not in my life. And they were good people, so that I'm not saying anything negative, but they were not a part of my upbringing. So there were some insecurities that I had based on the fact that they were absent in my life. They were, uh, uh, a person can not only be absent, a person can be present. Your father can be present or your mother can be present, but they're detached and it creates certain insecurities. Unsupportive or unfair uh, credible others. It may be coaches, may be teachers, it could be ministers. It could be somebody that is credible, has a a influence in your life, but they were not supportive of you. Uh, so our, the people that influence our lives at an early age can be the source of our insecurity. Environment. Environment is another factor. Maybe an unstable home environment, a dysfunctional home environment, or a toxic work uh, culture uh, at work uh, can create that. Maybe a a coach that uh, was very hard and difficult. Uh, unrelenting. Sometimes even coaches can go overboard uh, and not give you anything positive. It's just all negative. It can create insecurity, environment, experiences, rejection in your uh, life, abuse, neglect, abandonment, prejudice, poverty, your parents got divorced. Sometimes it causes insecurity in our lives. Not that they intended for it to happen, but their uh, relationship can create, a parent's relationship, their marriage can create insecurity in the child. Then finally, the fourth fact is repetitious information. Authority, figures, uh, environment, experiences, and repetitious information. And I'm talking about repetitious information or negative words spoken over your life, negative words, credible people that spoke negative words over your life, like you are ugly, you are dumb, you are stupid, you are fat, you are a failure, you are bad, you are a sissy. You see, those kinds of words may not impact you as an adult, and then they may impact you as an adult, but they may not impact you as an adult. But when when you're a child, and some credible person, an uncle or aunt or grandparent or parent, they speak words like that over you. It can create on the inside of you insecurity. Uh, 
repetitious information, you will never, that you will never amount to anything. You will never be successful. You will never get ahead. You will never make it in life. Parenting, uh, whether you're a godparent or foster parent or step parent or um, parent by birth, you gave birth. Your your mindset, your speech, your leadership over your children really is so very, 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 very important. And maybe you are a teacher. You 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 have to value your words and remember that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And and I know. Kids may get on your nerves, teachers. You know, they may they may do some things that just agitate you. But you have to be very careful about your words because young kids, I've heard this before, are like wet cement, you know what I mean? And and the imprint that's made on them as kids can can carry out, can go through their entire life can go through their entire life. So uh, we're talking about insecurity. You see, leaders can be insecure, but that insecure didn't start when they became a leader. Usually their insecurity is a, a carryover for, from something that happened or some environment or some information that they received early in their lives. Now, I, I wanted to just look at this area for just just a, a brief time today. And, and I want you to understand that insecurity is a roadblock to confidence. Now, before we finish uh, or conclude this episode, just listening to what I've said thus far, is it speaking to you? The, those, uh, the things that I've said about the scope of insecurity and what insecurity is and what causes insecurity, is, is it speaking to your situation? Because, you know, a big part of overcoming anything is to recognize where you are. You cannot lead on a high level if insecurity is a roadblock in your heart and in your mind, you cannot lead up. And trust me, I know what it's like to lead out of insecurity. It's not a it's not a blessing for the people that's following you. Okay. I also know what it's like to be led by insecure people, that's not a blessing. It's just not a blessing. And you, you see, and see, I came out of that pastor's role, the church world, and unfortunately, I see insecurity in a lot of places. People who are insecure, leaders who are insecure, people who are over people, pastors who are insecure, prophets, teachers, evangelists, uh, people that are out front have this unresolved insecurity. And, and without realizing it, they're leading out of insecurity. 
And next, in our next episode, I'm going to give you a test on insecurity. What does an insecure leader look like? We, I'm going to give you a test and I want you to grade yourself on this test because you can't overcome anything that you're not aware of. So as I close this episode, I want to briefly talk about four major manifestations of insecurity. Now, this is just kind of like the introduction to, to the test. Four major manifestations of insecurity. And, and I want to look at, briefly mention four different leaders who operated out of this manifestation of insecurity. And number one, a Moses. In Moses, we see excuse making. Excuse making. And we looked at it in Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 and 13. We see Moses giving excuses why God could not use him. It is... A major excuse making is a major manifestation of insecurity, a major manifestation of insecurity. And, and excuse, an excuse is simply an exemption from responsibility. It is a reason why you can't hold me responsible. My excuse is a reason that I'm giving to exempt me from responsibility. And that's what Moses was doing. He was saying, now, the reason why I'm not the best person to go deliver your people is because I'm not eloquent. Eloquence or lack thereof is my excuse or my exemption from you, God, holding me responsible. And that's what excuses are. They're exemptions. They're reasons that we give that we believe validates or exempts us from responsibility. Moses, we see excuse making. The second manifestation, a major manifestation, is we see an Aaron. In Aaron, we see people-pleasing behavior. People-pleasing behavior is a major manifestation of insecurity. And I can, in a transparent way, say that in my ministry, especially early in my ministry, and I pastored for over 40, 44 years and eight months, early in my ministry, I was a classic people pleaser. Now, I would phrase it, I, you know, I, if, uh, it's something about insecure people. They have a way of trying to throw everybody off, even consciously or unconsciously. I, I wasn't aware that I was a people pleaser, okay? But in but I, I did have some of these tendencies to want to please people. And we see that in Aaron in Exodus 32, verses 1 through 4, 21 through 22. You can look up it later. We see a classic people pleaser. Very insecure leader, Aaron. 
Moses' brother. Moses went up into the mountain, and up in the mountain, he's receiving the law, the Ten Commandments. Down in the valley, Aaron, who has been left in charge of the people, the people got tired of waiting on Moses while sure he was coming back, and they wanted, because they had been conditioned in Egypt to follow false gods, gods of nature, animal gods, and all those different kinds of things. So they wanted Aaron to make or fashion them a god. They wanted to worship a cow because they had done that kind of stuff in Egypt. They had been conditioned by watching the Egyptians. So when Moses came down from the mountain, the people were drinking and dancing and worshiping this golden cow, a, ca a calf, a cow. And M Moses got upset. I mean, he threw the uh, tablets down and broke the tablets and reprimanded the people. And he really was highly angry at Aaron because Aaron was left in charge of the people. Now listen at Aaron's response. This is a classic people pleaser. His response was, the people needed somebody to worship. They brought me their jewelry. We threw it in the fire and this golden calf came out. Think about that. He said, we just threw it in the fire and the calf came out. That's, that, well, that's an excuse, but it's also a person who really knows better. He knows better. His brother has led the people out of Egyptian bondage away from all that idolatry. And here he is because he has this people-pleasing addiction or behavior. He is actually creating a golden calf for the people to worship in Moses' absence. People-pleasing behavior. That's an excessive need to be approved and affirmed even to the point of compromise. This excessive need to, to please people, excessive needs to be approved by people, even to the point of compromising my convictions, my priorities, my standards, my values. And he compromised, error is compromising his values, his convictions, his view to please the people. Now, here's, here's the truth of the matter is I talked about me. I think that most leaders, especially young leaders, especially not just young leaders, but leaders in a new role have a desire and, and, and much of it is legitimate because I felt the same thing, a desire to be affirmed by the people. And, and, and to a degree, we all have that even now. We want to be affirmed by the people. We want the people to be pleased with us. We want to please the people and to some degree, we should be concerned about the needs of the people. 
always concerned about the needs of the people. But when you have a people-pleasing uh, tendency or an addiction, uh, uh, George Myers calls it approval addiction, that need to be approved, sometimes you'll do what the people want regardless of your conviction that contradicts what they want. Or more uh, better, sometimes what the people want is in contradiction to what God wants and what God wants to do, how God is leading you. And so if you're insecure, even though God is leading you, even though God is instructing you, you'll go with the people. And that's what happened to Saul. That's what happened to Saul. God gave instructions, but the people wanted something different. And he decided to go with the people. And, and Aaron did the same thing. God brought the people out of idolatry so that they could serve him. And here Aaron is creating a God, a golden calf that the people will worship instead of worshiping God. That's people-pleasing behavior. The third major manifestation of insecurity, number one, excuse-making. Number two, people-pleasing behavior. Number three, a controlling personality is a major manifestation of uh, insecurity, a controlling personality. And Diotrephes in 3 John 9 is a classic illustration of a controller. A controller, controlling personality in any arena, whether it's controlling parents or a controlling husband or a controlling mother, or if it's a controlling supervisor, controlling uh, CEO, controllers, uh, it can be an athlete, it can be an entertainer. This thing just crosses it. Every spectrum, every arena of, of, of life, controllers are insecure people. Any person, somebody, if you're single and you're dating, it, a controller is an insecure person. Those that are territorial, domineering, possessive are all manifestations of co a controller. Possessive, domineering, territorial. And then the fourth major manifestation of insecurity is a critical judgmental tendency. Critical, judgmental. And Eliab, and we'll talk more about him in our next lesson. Eliab in 1 Samuel 17, 28, the brother of David, was an insecure person. People who have a negative bent, a tendency to focus on the negative. Show me a person, any area, who has a negative bent, a tendency to focus on the negative, is a insecure person. 
people who just judgmental. They all, they put themselves up on a pedestal and they just judge everybody and tell this person is wrong. It's usually a person who has their own insecurity. Now, I trust that you got something out of this. This was just our introduction. In our next episode, I am going to give you a test. In our third episode, I'm going to give you a test of what a insecure leader looks like. We're going to look at symptoms of an insecure leader. And I want you to come ready to take the test and you're going to grade your own paper, okay? I trust that this was a blessing for you. I appreciate you spending this time with me and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.